as attorneys, we have to be aware of and be able to help a lot of different types of businesses. But I think it's really important to make sure that you're working with somebody that understands how you operate. If they don't understand your business model, that's going to be really hard for them to be able to represent you and protect you, especially in terms of, we're talking like contracts. If if I'm an attorney and I don't understand how your your one-on-one -on -one client relationship works, how am I going to be able to like draft you a good contract? Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your host, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. So when it comes to starting a business or a passion project, we know Google University can really only get you so far, girl. Like we remember sitting down and being like, do we start an LLC? Do we start an LLP? Like, where do we turn? Do we turn to LegalZoom? So we felt so overwhelmed in the process of forming our business. Thankfully, we got things under control. So we don't want you guys to go through what we went through. In today's episode of the She Shines podcast, we are chatting with Taylor Tiemann, an attorney for small businesses, entrepreneurs, and influencers. She advises them on how to best protect their brands, services, products, and content. Taylor has free trainings and paid courses, and soon she'll have digital products available at the link in our show notes. So definitely, after you give this episode a listen, be sure to head over to those show notes and check out all of everything that Taylor has to offer. Yes, and in her She Shines Academy course, Legal Basics for Beginning Businesses, Taylor provides you with the legal knowledge you need to protect your brand and intellectual property, such as business formation, AKA, should I form a company or an <laughs> LLC? <laughs> so in addition to that, Taylor also provides us with the knowledge on copyrights, contracts, privacy policies, trademarks, and more. This course is jam-packed, ladies. Yes. So if you have a website, a podcast, a side business, or really just anything in between, this course is definitely for you. So really quick, to check it out, head over to shexshines.com academy to learn more not only about this course, but also about all the courses we have available in our digital library of masterclasses, as well as our community full of She Shines members. We loved having Taylor on our podcast today, and we cannot wait to dive in more. So let's go ahead and get to it. All right. Welcome back to the She Shines podcast. Like we said, we were so stoked to sit down today with Taylor. Welcome. Thank you. I am so stoked to be here. Yes, girlfriend. So Taylor, uh, first of all, is the coolest attorney you will ever meet in your life. Yes, for <laughs> real. <laughs> well, tell us what inspired you to become a lawyer. You might have to ask my mom that question because apparently when I was younger, I argued a lot and <laughs> she was like, you know, you might want to think about being a lawyer. And I was like, yeah, I really like arguing like at a young age, like who enjoys arguing? 
So she kind of like planted the seed and then I just, I'm pretty introverted and I like reading. So I just was like, what jobs are good for people that like to sit and read and um, argue. And, argue. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I just really fell in love with like contracts and all that really boring stuff. <laughs> that is probably like not fun sounding, but um, it, yeah, just kind of like fell into place. I think that's the best place for me to be with what type of tasks I like to handle. <laughs> I, I love the clientele that you serve right now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like how you got into this specific field of law that you're in? Yeah, I was, I've been an attorney for like between four and five years. I've been licensed and my first three or four years I was working in law firms and I was doing civil litigation, so just like generic uh, real estate law, business law, landlord-tenant type things. And then I kind of found my way into consumer protection. So that essentially was, you know, like a lemon law claim is. That's yeah. when your car kind of sucks and you have an attorney help you fight the manufacturer to either get money back or something like that. And then within consumer protection, there's also... Um, other ways, like if you have lots of calls coming to your cell phone, like debt collection type of thing. So I was in an area that was very consumer uh, focused and protecting the consumer, but we were suing businesses all the time. Mm -hmm. So I was just, I always was just like, wow, they these businesses get get a lot of lawsuits on their end. Like, what are they? They have like a whole department. Like, how does that work? Around that time, I was like really thinking about that and if this area of law was like serving me and making me happy I had a friend who was opening up a Pilates studio and she asked me for some help with her trademark um, and just like generic things she should be concerned about and she was very far along in her process and to a point where I was surprised that she had not already talked to an attorney and I was like, why haven't you like talked to an attorney yet? And she just got like a little weird. And it, to me, I took that as like she didn't either was nervous to or felt like she maybe didn't need to yet. But to me, I was like, you needed to talk to somebody a while ago. So I was able to help her. But I was just like, wow, something like triggered me to want to help small business owners and in particularly female business owners, because I think there's just this like stigma around attorneys and that were not approachable or not accessible or just like stuffy and aren't willing to help you and super expensive and while some of that is true for some attorneys <laughs> uh, it's not always true at all and it's just I was I found that there was this thing that I could help people with and I wanted to be able to provide access to something that is super necessary for a business um, and you can't, you can't ignore it. You shouldn't ignore it. And it's, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of different things that I'm passionate about with like helping small business owners. But yeah, that's kind of how that happened. Well, it's definitely a scary topic. I feel if you don't know anything about it and all of my legal knowledge comes from the TV show Suits, which I'm sure doesn't help your case because <laughs> I'm always like, is this what it's like? This is ruthless. Like, oh my goodness. So I, I love that you're making it more accessible. You are helping women, small business owners. And I feel like also sometimes we as 
female entrepreneurs and, and business owners can get really nervous about asking for help, especially about things we don't know about and especially, especially about law and legal terms. So what is your advice to women right now who maybe are running their businesses or brands and they don't have a team behind them? Like how do how do they make sure that they're doing the, the quote unquote right thing? I think first step is just like not being in denial because I mean I I run my own business too and there's some things I'm in denial about like my accounting <laughs> and I just <laughs> like I just leave it to the last minute or I kind of ignore it and hope that it's going to go away but it's never going to go away um, <laughs> so just accepting that it's there and you have to deal with it and being proactive about finding, you know, information or finding somebody that can help you. I think that that's usually the first step is like just just attack it and not be scared of it because it's it's not going anywhere. Like <laughs> we can't avoid it. And honestly, that is the first I think that's the first step because a lot of my clients that I talk to and people that need help they feel super relieved just knowing that there is someone on the other end that isn't like a huge scary law firm because like you mentioned suits like a lot of the tv shows and movies that portray lawyers they're showing like huge corporate law firms that are dealing with things that are like way 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 more intense than you would maybe even ever encounter as a small business owner um so i think it's it's just this like it's kind of like the like like a monster in the closet or something that you mm -hmm. like until you face it you think it's a more of a big deal mm -hmm. than it is. Yeah. But yeah, just being aware and being proactive I think is really the first step. Yes. No, I, I love um so first of all, if if y'all aren't following Taylor on Instagram, definitely go check her out. We've linked all her info in the show notes of this episode because she provides so much valuable content for us, just everyday mm -hmm. business owners out here scrolling through the gram. So if you're going to be scrolling, might as well be learning a few things along the way. So I, you know, first of all, I want to thank you for all the valuable info that you do put out, you know, free of charge, just to, like you said, make people more aware, make people become more proactive about their legal situation for their business. Yeah, it's a, an amazing mission that you have and the way you've gone about making it more accessible and understandable and not mm -hmm. scary and actually really pretty. Like, it's just really, <laughs> for, for me, I'm like, oh, wow, legal things are not something to really be scared of. <laughs> yeah, if you, put, if you put it with a pretty picture, it's not so bad. <laughs> right, right. As the Yes. yes, that helps so much. I, I mean, I notice us online because there's a, a handful of attorneys that are specifically trying to assist female business owners, small business owners that are in the online space. But the information is out there if you just look. Like one of my colleagues who is an attorney in Florida, she just started a TikTok. A, her legal persona started a TikTok and I was like how are people going to like is that even what that's for and she like got a client the other day like there's if you look at on somewhere on some platform like it the information is there you just have to be looking for it and then also be smart about like what you're reading because there's some people that are talking about some legal stuff online that should not be talking about legal stuff online like non-attorneys <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So speaking about being careful of、uh, taking advice on what you read on the interwebs,、mm-hmm. what、uh, what's been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned along your entrepreneurial journey? I would say, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle of that issue right now. Is like asking for help when you need it <laughs> and implementing systems that. You probably should have had when you first started, but didn't think you would need.、Oh, <laughs> We can talk for days. I know, I know. We've talked. We've we've like already talked about this. Podcast systems because we can we can dive into systems, girl. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Definitely asking for help, which is funny considering you know what what you do as a lawyer is a lot of times clients coming to you asking for help. So it's always funny being in in the. You know, on the other end of that, when you're the one that has to ask for help, you're like, no, I'm still the one, you know, being the one with all the answers. <laughs> It's so hard because usually I can just like research something and figure it out, but. There's just some things like it's not—it's either not worth your time or like you just don't know. Like, stop trying to pretend like you can figure. It, like, just ask for yes, help. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, there's definitely people out there with the answers, and that is like their specialty and their thing. And <laughs> law being at the top of the list,、um, there are some things you shouldn't <laughs> always necessarily turn to Google for. Like, I'm sure it's out there and you can find a lot, but it's probably just better to. To streamline your time, save your energy for something else, and just ask a professional such as yourself. So, kind of shifting gears a little bit, you recently taught a course in the She Shines Academy, and ladies in the academy, her course is live in your member portal now. So definitely go check that out. All about legal basics for beginning businesses, and、mm-hmm. we would love to see. I know you mentioned before about you know don't be in denial, be proactive about your business. But what is the number one mistake you see new entrepreneurs make, or even not new <laughs> entrepreneurs? I think the there's some mistakes that are like consistent that I see, but I think the one that can leave you in the most trouble is. Not doing a proper clearance search on your business name, and I think a lot of people. I mean, I'm in California, so I'm speaking to California law, but it's pretty standard across the United States. When you register your business with your state or whenever you think that you're like filing all the right paperwork in the beginning, that doesn't mean that you've checked to make sure that nobody else owns the business name. The The official way to check that is an,、uh, a trademark clearance search, and I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, I filed my LLC and my state cleared it, and I'm good to go." But that doesn't clear you. Some people file a.、Um, a D- it depends on your state, but sometimes it's called a DBA, which is a doing business as. Sometimes it's called a fictitious business name statement. So, like, you think you're filing the right paperwork to start your business, and you think like, "Oh, I filed it. I'm cleared," but you're not cleared. As far as making sure that no one else owns the rights to what you want to use, whether that's your business name, or some sort of logo, or like a slogan, or anything that you're really branding your business with, because you could be using something that someone else owns, and you could be like building this whole business for years and be fine, and nobody ever says anything. But if they find you online, or if they run into you, and they actually own the rights to the name, they can tell you to stop using it, and that means like you got to rebrand everything. Which, depending on how much you've invested thus far, could be very expensive for you to have to 
figure out and pivot. Definitely. So we talked, we touched a little bit on doing that, that trademark search. What are some of the other main legal issues that are important to women in a service or product-based industry when they're starting out? Like, is it is it mainly trademarks? Is it copywriting? What are what are the main things we should be looking out for? Trademarks and copyrights are kind of in the bubble of intellectual property. So just making sure that the things that you create are protected. I was going to say, for, for those of us who may not know, this is a good course. <laughs> explain, explain intellectual property. Yeah, intellectual property is things that you have created uh, as a person, as a business, and they're essentially things that you own. And intellectual property is it's property. It's like, it's not necessarily tangible property, like a, a wallet or like I have a candle on my desk. Those things are tangible. Intellectual property are things that are not ideas, but things that you can't really grasp. But they still have the same type of value as like any other type of property. So you can put a value on intellectual property, like think about huge brands like Amazon and Coca-Cola, like that brand name has a huge value. So if somebody wanted to purchase it, it'd be like billions of dollars. So intellectual property is anything that you've created within your business that you want to make sure that you've secured ownership of because you can take full advantage of that, whether that's licensing it out, whether that is building your entire brand around it and making sure your business is hopefully at some sort of high value if you ever want to like sell it or partner with anyone. That's what intellectual property is. So I think securing that in the right ways and like not just creating, but then doing what you need to do legally to secure everything that you've created is is really important. And is there a, a timeline for securing intellectual property? Like what do you tell your, your clients? Does it take, you know, I don't know if it's a set, it'll take three months or if it's an ongoing process as you grow or what, what does that actually look like? As far as if we're looking at like trademark, so like a business name or a logo or something like that, when you're first starting out, that as far as timeline goes, the really important part is getting the clearance search done. Like that should be day one before you even started, if at all possible. And if you're already started, if you're already in business, like getting that done now to make to make sure that you're okay with what you're using, um, that's like ASAP. And then, then you can decide like, okay, do I want to protect this now? Like some people change around their logos all the time. So you may want to hold off on the logo, but your your business name is something that you're going to hold on to for like 10, 20 years. So like, let's secure that, make sure you own the rights to that. It is an investment. It's an investment in your business to make sure that you own the rights to everything. But I'm a lawyer, but to me, it's good to get it done like early, early on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can, even if you've been in business for like three, four years and you've never trademarked your business name, you can still do it. And I would say like, let's hop on a search or something to make sure that you're not infringing on somebody else's rights, but you can always do it at any point in time, the earlier, the better. But I know that comes with the assessment of how much does this cost? How much can I afford to invest right now? So if it's not something you can invest in early on, you have to decide, okay, how much risk am I willing to put myself in to not have to spend the money up front versus just spending the money and feeling safe moving forward. 
That's a great point. Yeah. And in the healthcare field, I know we talk about early intervention is key. And I think that applies to so many things in business. Like if you can just go ahead and get that taken care of first thing, it alleviates so much stress, like you said, and you're protecting yourself and it is an investment, but it Mm -hmm. is an important one so that if something does happen later down the road, you are protected. So kind of bringing things to like shedding light on the current situation of the world, all that's going on with COVID-19, we're seeing so much shift to the online space, given that we're, you know, social distancing and all this. What are some things, like some things to consider from a legal standpoint with all this pivoting, all this shifting taking place, people who, you know, might not normally be in an online space and now they're trying, (laughs) you know, everybody's online. Uh, So what are some things to consider Mm -hmm. there? I feel like there's people in like two different camps. There's like the people that have never been online and now they're like freaking out and they're going online now. So they're establishing an online presence, which brings a lot of, aside from like all of the hard work it takes to have an online presence, there's different legal considerations that you would have as a brick and mortar business versus an online business. And if you, you know, have never had a website before, you know, do I have a privacy policy on my website for my website visitors? Do I have a terms and conditions on my website for my website visitors? Do I need some sort of disclaimer on my website now because I'm maybe in the health and wellness space and I don't want people to think I'm giving out professional medical advice. Um, I also see a lot of events or events that are going online to like zoom type webinar things or even um just like collaborations on like everybody's doing ig lives together there's so i like cannot scroll through the amount of ig lives at like 9 10 and 5 (laughs) o'clock which are which are great because that's the only way we have to connect with each other right now but Um, you know, the minute you start recording something with another person, you have to consider like, okay, do I have permission to use their name and likeness? Do I have permission to record this content? Do I have permission to, if I'm going to record it and re-release it later, do I have permission to do that? Like, am I charging for this online event, online webinar like what are my refund considerations what are my cancellation considerations and then also you know for people that have events that are getting canceled that is another concern because like one-off events are you know usually one-off events like big festivals or things like that there's ways for them to figure out how to handle that situation because they are anticipating maybe needing to cancel like a one-off event But for people that have, like I have a client that has a physical workspace for, like it's a co-working space. Her clients are on like a monthly membership. So she had to figure out like, do I let them all pause their memberships? Do I let them cancel? Do I waive the fees? And then as a business owner, she's trying to figure out like, what's the best way we keep them on for the longest period of time? Like, do we tack on months after, like legally, like what do we do as far as do we just cancel now or like push it out so there's just a lot of things to take into consideration with everything going online and getting canceled Um, but I have been telling everyone to just like look at your contractual agreements that you have like with anything this could go as like an individual or as a business like look at 
I know everybody's very concerned about like banks and like late fees and things like that, but contracts are not stopping because of COVID-19 unless the parties involved do something about it. So if you have a contract with someone for services and if you haven't contacted the other person, you still may be expected to perform under that agreement and they still may be able to take you to court for breaching the contract, even though this whole pandemic is going on that's not gonna matter if you didn't talk to the person and like try and figure something out. There are things that are stopping, like I'm in California and I'm in LA and like the whole world has pretty much stopped here. But the the, the contractual agreements that like I have, I think the first thing I was, I called like my Pilates studio and I was like, so if we can't go in, like do we still have to pay? What's the deal on that? Like, are you gonna charge me a fee? Because if, if somebody, if we don't say anything, the contract's just going to keep rolling and you just have to hope that the other person either doesn't take you to court or charge you some ridiculous fee or something like that. I know. I, I've been wondering about that too. There's a hot yoga studio here and they've shifted to, you know, hosting classes online and I'm like, but it's not hot yoga. It's just like in, in my living room, I'm like, I can't crank it up to 90 degrees in here. <laughs> so. I'm like, I don't know if this is like necessarily what I'm paying for. I totally digress. This is not at all. I know what we're talking about. But that's a good um, consideration because like we're in a bunch of contractual agreement. Like we sign contracts like every day without even realizing it. Like not, maybe not every day, but like anytime you sign up for a credit card, anytime you sign up for a subscription, anything you sign up for, you're like, you're basically on an agreement to probably keep paying someone something. So it's up to one of those people to figure out. You know, like my bank offered waiver on late fees, but I didn't see them waive my late fee until I asked them to. Like, they're going to offer it, but they're not going to honor it until you say something about it. Mm -hmm. As soon as you said that, I was thinking of like all the emails that I've seen, but just haven't actually opened that are like, oh, we're doing XYZ because of COVID-19 and we're changing this in your contract. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Thank you. But now that you say that, I'm like, oh, I probably should actually confirm with them so they know that I want this sweet deal. Yeah. And even from the perspective of a business owner, like, I don't know if anybody has uh, like memberships, but like I made the offer to my clients and said, you know, if you have any sort of issues with payment, like let me know, we can figure something out, but I'm not gonna sit and cancel all their payments. Like right. I still need to make money and I have to assume that they can still make payments, but being a business owner, you have to be aware of what's going on and like be flexible and be, you know, a good person, but you also have to make money. So you have to pay some bills too. <laughs> So, Taylor, what should women in business look for when they are seeking professional legal help? What are what are some signs of a a good lawyer and maybe some some red flags that's like, girlfriend, run, run the other way. <laughs> I think it's important to find someone that understands at the very least your well specific niche industry would be great but there's not a lot of attorneys that are uh like i only help hairstylists like there's very few and far between. so as attorneys we have to be aware of and be able to help a lot of different types of businesses but i think it's really important to make sure that you're working with somebody that understands how you operate because there's a lot of businesses that are super like old school and just don't even do the online thing and either don't understand it or don't want it so they might be better suited to like a more old school type of attorney and you know some like I find that it's really helpful 
when I'm able to share with my clients that I like understand how like all these online payment processors work because I use them too. Things like webinars, different types of technologies that we're using now that not to say that like older attorneys aren't aware of them. They understand them, but like I I started out as an attorney like understanding how all of these things work. Like I started out understanding how Instagram works. <laughs> like I get I get what these are. So just making sure that somebody really understands what it is that you're doing, how you're operating and you know, that can can like see and kind of get a feel for who your clients or customers are too, because if they don't if they don't understand your business model, that's gonna be really hard for them to be able to represent you and protect you, especially in terms of we're talking like contracts if if I'm an attorney and I don't understand how your your one-on-one -on -one client relationship works how am I going to be able to like draft you a good contract mm -hmm. or how am I going to be able to help you protect or see into future potential problems especially especially in the online space online everything changes so quickly like all these different platforms all these different ways of being able to like pay people broadcast stuff we're not always 100 percent equipped to be able to handle like a brand new platform but if you understand the area around it it's good to to be able to help because especially with all like the payment processors they're like i think visa just came out with a new rule for subscription memberships that you have to have way more detailed information on your membership website like that's brand new that's as of like two days ago so if you're using a subscription based model for anything in your business it's good to have an attorney that like understands what a subscription based model even is what about location how, how much does that play into the lawyer client relationship like or if you're in two different states or can you be in two different states yeah you can be in two different states it just depends on the type of law you're dealing with so it's it's usually better to work with an attorney that's in your specific state if you're looking especially if you're looking for an attorney to help you just like with all around legal issues because that's usually going to encompass contracts and specific like state laws so an attorney that is closer to you specifically in your state is going to just have more knowledge around all of those things probably 75 percent of my clients are in california but i do have a handful of clients outside of california who just need a trademark or they need something to do with their copyright registration uh, there's some legal issues and legal matters that are you can handle on a federal level so you can talk to attorney in any state that you want to yeah that's great yeah great advice taylor and I mean, everything you've shared today has been so insightful, and I know we've <laughs> learned a lot. I feel like we every time we scroll past your Instagram and then even talking to you, um, we're like, oh, write that down. Gotta do that. <laughs> From being proactive about finding the legal information and help that you need, we talked about protecting your intellectual property. Ladies, do that trademark search. <laughs> um, the legal issues that can pop up, especially now that a lot of us have made this pivot into the online space. And then the importance in knowing what to look for in your own attorney, whether you know you do need to be in the same state, do they understand the platforms that your business is working on? So running on, excuse me. So I know this is not professional legal advice from disclaimer. Taylor, but we do a pre <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer from Taylor Demon Esquire. No, we we do appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us because 
we know it's something our community really, really needs uh, and and women, all women business and brand owners out there. So please tell everyone before we get into our rapid fire question round, can you please tell everyone where they can connect with you? Yeah, I'm always on Instagram, like always too often. Uh, my Instagram handle is Taylor M. Teeman underscore ESQ. And then my website is just www.ttmanlaw.com. Perfect. And we will link all of that in the show notes. So if you're driving and you didn't write it down, that's okay. <laughs> so Taylor, before we let you go, we're going to play a little She Shines rapid fire question round. So let's set up the scene. You're walking into your Pilates class because surprise, it's open again and you can go <laughs> join your friends. Oh, uh, this is a dream. This is a dream. I know. <laughs> So you're walking into your Pilates class and there's a new girl in the class and she's like, oh my gosh, that's Taylor. I've been dying to ask her these three questions. Number one, what is your favorite way to connect with new people? I like to connect with people on Instagram. Yes. I've, I feel like I've always been a social media creep and this <laughs> it's coming in handy now because we have to use that to connect with people. Right. <laughs> that's how I found you. <laughs> I know. You were like, out in LA, and I was up in Philly, and you're like, hey, I need a photo shoot. I was like, you know I'm in Philly, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, like, cost you for using great hashtags, because that's how I found you. I think I was, like, looking for a Philadelphia photographer or something. (laughs) Yay, Instagram. All right, number two. The second question she wants to know is, how can I create community in my life or business? It's a little contrary to what I just said, but like go to actual in-person events. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I didn't like doing that in the beginning because I'm just super introverted. But I have been to so many amazing in-person events, and I met such cool people. And it like it creates this big web of like they know another person, they know another person. It's just a way to I guess create a deeper connection with with your community. So that's a little opposite of what I first said but <laughs> no they go together it's so I, we agree I mean we love obviously in-person events but also connecting online too I mean I think you're you're right to, to do both of those mm-hmm. so our last question is how do you get your fill of girl talk I think my mom does that for me she calls me every day and we do our like girl talk in the morning and she's usually complaining about some members of my family that shall go unnamed (laughs) we hash it out in the morning especially like she lives about 10 minutes away it's crazy I used to live an hour away from my mom and we didn't really talk on the phone and now we're like 10 minutes away and we talk on the phone like three times a day but now it's necessary because we can't hang out but yeah that's that's my main girl (laughs) I love it Well, Taylor, again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. We had so much fun. And y'all, legal things do not need to be scary. And Taylor is really here to alleviate all that. So again, Taylor, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. Oh, girlfriend, we love you too. All right. Well, ladies, we cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this episode. Be sure to give Taylor a shout out by leaving a review on this episode. Hit those five stars, girlfriend. And we will see you over in the DMs at SheXShines. In the meantime, keep shining.
Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.